you know how there's a a specific like asshole walk? Do you know about this? Do you know about the asshole walk? I probably do, but I'm a little confused where we're going right now. All right, so welcome to Greece Part Two, motherfuckers. This is City Wave Cinema live, but only if you were actually here on YouTube when we made it. Uh, I'm America. This is James. And now, here's the deal, okay? Grease Part 2, where we left off last time. Rizzo hops in the car with Kaniki and the gang, and Kaniki makes the gang fuck off, right? Now, it's the way those three guys walk into the transition that made me write this note. I wrote a note, and it says, the way they walk is just infuriating. And I'm going to demonstrate for the live audience, and you can't, I'll do my best to describe it uh, with words for your ears, for listeners in the future. But basically, the way they do this walk uh -huh. is they have a jacket, right? Yep. So I'm going to be a Southside Surfer, briefly. You got to oh, unzip it. You... It's so that it hangs properly. Yeah, but now the bit is ruined. Yeah. No, just unzip it. It's just a oh. jacket. Jesus. Here is my very small leather jacket. Cheryl. That's her name, right? Yeah, you got it. I'm impressed. Yeah. So, they turn around, right? Facing away, so you can see the logo on the back. And all three of them Hutch, Sonny, and what's-his-fucking-face do the same thing at different times. They take their, they take the jacket in their fingers and they jerk it forward so it's real tight so you can see the logo on their back as they walk away. And they walk away, it's like they're swaying their hips, but instead of swaying their hips, they're just like rotating their shoulders back and forth. And so they walk away kind of like this, just... With an arched back, their asses are out, their shoulders are back where their asses are, and they're just like shaking their heads back and forth, like just jerking around, being assholes. It's one of the most annoying things that I noticed in the movie, is that's how they walk all the time. Wide steps, shoulders back, jacket taut, just just Bouncing around. Fucking awful. Now I gotta put this back the way I found it. Or my wife is going to be very upset with me. Meanwhile, while James is doing that, um, the next scene that we go to is... We have to sing the song in the moonlight. Yes. Is uh, Hopelessly Devoted to You, which is... It's one of my least favorite scenes in the entire show. It goes on for way too long. It, I don't actually give a fuck. It's slow. It's <laughs> boring. It, it's just not, it's just not a good scene. It, it's just not. I, I don't like the song. I don't like the message in the song. I don't like Sandy all that much. I was paying so little attention to the song and what she was talking about because I was so struggling with the poor camera operator for this scene. Uh, is tracking Sandy all over the backyard of, Frenchie's house. Is Frenchie's house? 
Yes. Yeah, Frenchie's house. Just doing his best to keep her in frame and stuff as she moves throughout the scene. But the one thing that they cannot nail is the focus. And it's especially prevalent in a particular point where Sandy is like leaning up against a post on the deck and there's some wood slightly in front of her face that would technically be in the foreground. And the shot is supposed to be a focus on her. But the focus, if you look very closely, like I do because I make movies, is on the beam in front of her. So she is just a little bit hazy. Now, this could be on purpose if you want to read into her trying to be in a dream state. That could be an artistic choice. And if it is, that's kind of clever. I like the idea of, oh, if you're trying to have a character be in this sort of dreamlike sequence, make them a little out of focus. Not too much. Keep the focus close to them. And for the love of God, don't put them in a vignette or James will come after your ass. Oh, yeah, don't vignette. Fucking hate a vignette. I put vignettes on lots of photos that I edit. Because I'm a hypocrite. But you can't put them in film, apparently, because James about burned the Sabrina show to the ground Oh, my God. They just did it so much. They did it. It was so much. It would have been different if it was... Anyways, that's Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix. Starring Kiernan Shipka. Um, so uh, I, I didn't like the focus pull because it hadn't been consistently off until this scene in particular. Like other scenes where Sandy's singing, she's in focus. Other people in scenes are in focus. Other clips in this song, she's in focus. Yeah, she kind of does wander in and out of focus. And I, I, you know, they made it in 1970, probably 77 and 78. So I just don't know. Uh, what the technology of the time was. I mean, I learned how to make movies in the year 2015. So that's 40 plus years of variation. You know, uh, it, I, I can't speak to whether or not they were just bad or they did it on purpose or the gear was just too difficult to use. I have no idea, but it bugged me. Um, now we got to cut to make out, make out point where there are four or five cars uh, with couples in various stages of getting it on uh, because nothing is more arousing than fucking in the backseat of a car next to another couple fucking in the backseat of a car. And I want you to know that when I lay stuff out front to back like that and I ruin perfectly classical lovely things for you, it's because every time I see something, I lay it out in my head like that. That's how my brain works. I've ruined so many things. Um, That's what this channel's built on. It really, really is <laughs> built on violence and hatred towards movies. Uh, also, I didn't know Kanicki's car was not a convertible. Because it has a roof in this scene and this scene only. That's what a convertible is, James. It Right, but I assume because he got it and he drove it up and it was a piece of shit, right? It looked to me like there was like there wasn't even a roof part. I mean, if you look at the actual it's like torn and shattered. Oh and yeah, it's frayed. It's, it matches. But this is the first time you see it or anyone even makes mention of it. I thought that someone had straight up lifted the top part of that car off because it was in such dis dishevelment when they got it. 
so, man. Rizzo and Kaneki go to get it on in the backseat. And they're making out and stuff. And does the guy hit them before or after the condom incident? After. After the condom incident? Okay. They're making out and stuff. And it's one of the most disturbing kissing sequences I've ever seen committed to film. Like, the actor who plays Kinnicky. I hesitate to make judgments about him as a person because the whole movie is so horny. But he sticks his whole tongue in her mouth in the scene, and it's very clear. I wonder if he's the one that insisted giving her the... Hickey's himself. Probably. Maybe he's just a bad guy. He's probably just a bad guy, but I don't know. I, if I'm a director and someone does that in a scene and I didn't tell you to do that, uh, fuck are you doing, my guy? That's not the energy I'm looking for. You're going to need to tone it down. Holy shit. Keep your tongue in your mouth. This is a movie kiss. This is not your wife. This is not your partner at home. What are you doing? We're working. You're getting paid right now. Get it together. Holy shit. So he sticks his tongue in her mouth. And then he also doesn't know her name. Her real name. Her real name's not Rizzo, guys. Her real name's Betty. And he doesn't know that. And they've and been friends, like, canonically. Like She it's is not bothered by this, I should mention. Maybe she doesn't, like, tell anyone her real name. I wouldn't if my real name was Betty. Not that there's anything wrong with the name Betty. It doesn't fit in the pink ladies, though. No, Betty is not a pink lady name. Also, is Rizzo a pink lady name? Rizzo's a nickname. Anyways, uh, they, she asks him if he has anything... Uh, which is a question I did not understand at first, but I did catch on quickly. That just says a lot about... About me as a person and the things I was interested in when I was in high school. Uh, and those things were Xbox and not going outside. So, Kinnicky goes, yeah, and he rummages around in his pockets and he pulls out condom. And he opens the wrapper, and it's I, I can't see it because it's dark, and they haven't learned how to light movies yet. Uh, and it's just, I assume, a fully disintegrated condom. The latex did not hold up, and he they have a distraught moment about it, and he goes, oh, I bought it the seventh grade, and I just, I, I was rocking with the scene, mostly, up until then. And I was like, you knicky. There's no way the old man of the leather jacket gang does not have a fresh condom. There's no way. There's no way you don't know. There's no way you're that dumb. High schoolers are that dumb. You're not supposed to be that dumb. Although, he's still in high school, so he is canonically dumber than high schoolers. So, I've circled my argument back on myself, 
And I have to say, that's par for the course for Kaniki. So, they've got the fucking ancient condom that's got a hole in it, and they make a bold decision. A bold decision in a PG movie in 1978. And that is, oh, what the hell? And they decide to bone with all their clothes on in the back of the car anyway. Now, I will say this for this movie. There's not any amount of gratuitous nudity. No, it's or not even kept any. PG rating. Yeah, they can. It turns out for the MPAA back in the day, you could get away with saying whatever you want. There's not a lot of swearing either. You know what you can't do? Show anything. So all they did was write all the sex jokes in as dialogue. And that's how you win and get away with saying whatever you want. I will say, kids don't listen to movies very much. Because <laughs> I was telling James, I was like, when I first watched this, I was like in grade school. Enough to the fact that I knew all the words to the song by, like, by heart in middle school. So, and there are a lot of jokes that I didn't get until recent years. Jesus. I, that, I've seen that movie a thousand times, and I forgot she says gangbang in it, so. She says the words gangbang in that order. Also, to be fair, never watched it with subtitles, and a lot of the dialogue just says, They go fast, they have accents, and they mumble. It's like listening to Shakespeare if you're, like, not used to listening to Shakespeare, or if you're not paying real attention to Shakespeare, you basically just don't pick up on anything they're saying. Shakespeare is silly. I love Shakespeare. Um, so then we cut to the shop class, I guess. Is that what happens next? Is we go do the weird dream sequence in the shop class? Yeah, Grace Lightning. Right, he because he dents the car. He dents the car. The Scorpion King dents the car. And, oh, man, the fucking zinger he throws out on the way out is Kaniki's like, you're going to pay for that because he knocked his fucking... Uh, he, hit him, he hit his car and shit fell off of it. And Kaniki's like, you'll pay for that. And the guy goes, yeah, I'll give you 75 cents for your whole car and your broad too or whatever. That was a pretty good accent though, at the end there. And fucking Rizzo does not react to this. In fact, later she dates him. It, it, yeah, later she does go to the dance off with this motherfucker who called her a cheap whore. To her face. I mean, it's not like she was, like, in the throes of orgasm here. Like, they hadn't done anything, and they were both focused in on what was going on. Like, she heard him say... It, I don't... Her, her taste in people is atrocious. So, fucking... We cut back to the shop class the next day, where we've got Grease Lightning in the shop... And Danny Zuko, to start the song, he always starts his song so weird. Danny Zuko, to start his song, takes one part of his jacket off. And then he takes the other part of his jacket off, but not all the way off, because he's still holding it. And then he takes it all the way off, and he throws it behind him. And it goes up and back and on top of a cabinet behind him. It would be like if I took my shirt off right now and just threw it willy-nilly, and it landed up on the bookshelf behind me. And I thought to myself as I saw it, I was like, well, Danny, why would you do that? Now you got to go get it down. 
It's not like you like tossed it on a stool next to you or somewhere you could get it. You just throw in your jacket willy-nilly. Wild. Then we do a song where the guys showcase their second personality trait, and that is they're horny. Uh, their first personality trait is also that they're horny, but the two traits are that they're horny for different things. The first thing they're horny for is women. The second thing that they're horny for is cars. Yep. They're because men. as you know, mainly 33-year-old high schoolers <clears throat> are only one-dimensional. They like chicks and they like cars. Hey, can I give a pro progressive shout out to Greece for how much we're trashing them for being like in the ancient times? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mention it. It's important. It's cool. The sh auto shop teacher is a freaking girl. She is a woman. She is a female teacher teaching auto shop. I'll t I, and I know exactly how you get there logically. What do you mean? Oh, like as a directing standpoint? Yeah. Okay. Here's how. But I, I just want to say mention, there's mention. been a TikTok going around recently that's like this whole thing about like women shouldn't be mechanics and I don't know why because some guy said it in a comic comment of this no, no I don't know why people are of that opinion oh yeah no she, if you know the car shit you know the car shit there's this tiktoker who's like a female and she was talking she's a mechanic and so she was talking about like how to help like women handle their cars so they don't have to go to the mechanic and this guy put in there and he's like I don't think women even know anything, like, know what tools are, like, that sort of thing in, like, the comment. And everyone was just like, what? And so they've just been... In the year of our Lord 2023? They've just been, like, creating Good meme God. after meme after meme of this freaking, like, thing. Like, one group of, like, mechanics, like, lady mechanics in the auto shop all just go, wow. Oh, Look at all know. these tools. Look at all these tools. What tool do you think is the right tool? Blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, this is the right tool. And they flip off the camera. And it's it magnificent. Was just, it was a great, like, so to see that in 1978, the auto shop teacher was a badass female, props to Grease. The, the rest of the movie, eh, but yeah, continue, James. Here's how you get there from a directorial standpoint. And if anyone asks you, you can be like, fuck you. This is how it works. In the 1940s we had a little thing called World War II where we shipped all of the men and some of the boys to two different places to kill a bunch of people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's known lore about the United States that in that time, women entered the workforce en masse and learned skills and did stuff and were badasses, Right? Say she learned auto shop shit in the 40s. Because the movie's set in the 50s. Mm -hmm. So she's an outstanding mechanic. She knows her shit, right? Yeah. Gets the job at the school as the shop teacher because there, there aren't dudes to do it. In, okay. an, in an era where you typically would have a male shop teacher. In the 50s. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course you would. It's the 50s. Also, in the 50s, I wonder if they would have let a woman be a principal. Maybe. Strong maybe there, but only a strong maybe. I'm going to start looking up when women could do shit. Uh, but if you got the job, and also your principal was a woman, 
as a shop teacher in the in the late 40s, mid mid to late 40s, when we're recouping from World War II, and you're just good, may as well just keep you. Don't want to fucking go through the process of hiring somebody else. You've got the job already. Keep the job. It's badass. She's impressive. Anyways, the boys are so horny for the car, and we have this whole weird psychedelic dance number where we're going to make Grease Lightning. Why, this car could be Grease Lightning. Da, da, sorry. Fucking cannot stand the Automatic. Hydromatic. Why? You know what? Danny doesn't know anything about cars. You know what else Danny doesn't know anything about? Sports. Because the next sequence is Danny doing sports. Because Danny's found out that uh, fucking Sandy is going out with the quarterback or some guy on the football team. And so he's decided that now he, he, it is he who will learn the sports because deep down he is an emotional man and he would like to have the nice lady. So now he will learn the sports so that he can be, you know, the object of her affections. And so he goes to the coach of the high school to try and learn the sports. And uh, Danny is fucking incompetent at every sport. It's, it's kind of comical how bad he is at every sport. And yeah, that's kind of the joke is that he's bad at every sport. But I mean, come on, man. You got to know how to do one of them. You got to know how to do one. The only one I can really give him is wrestling. There's technique and shit. And he got matched up with somebody way bigger than him. You got to know that in basketball, you dribble the ball. They also did not try him out in football. You also got to know that you don't choke up on the bat that hard when you play baseball. Unless you're going to bunt that bitch. You do not just... I played baseball for a very brief amount of time, and I know that that's not a good way to hold the bat. But that's I don't the even joke. know if I know how to hold a bat. In your hands. Thanks, James. Here to help. Like Danny doesn't know how to sports... The angle you hold it at doesn't matter as much as the location of your hands on the bat. Mine are always close together. Well, yeah, your hands are supposed to be close together, but he holds the bat, like, halfway up the bat. So there's a bunch of bats oh, sticking okay. out the bottom of his hands. You don't give yourself opportunity by doing that. Um, there's also there's a running gag in the movie uh, that occurs every time the pink ladies or the T-birds disappear. Whenever the goons go away, the movie gets better. Whenever the annoying crowd of peanut gallery background actors vanish, characters say stuff that's important and plot progresses. So while they're on screen, you can assume you don't need to pay attention. Because nothing important is happening. Unless you want to miss all those key dialogue points that I was talking about earlier. Right. The background dialogue that provides... Apparently really important pieces of the story. The story doesn't make any sense and it's dumb. The movie's dumb. The acting's dumb. The songs suck. This movie's bad. 3.5 out of 10. The movie's better without the fucking... I just, just... Tiny statements there. Uh, they do the car in the shop and 
they're slowly trying to make it better. I don't know what the fuck happens next. Is, is the next they go out on the date? Uh, they fix up the car, so... Or no, just Grease Lightning, and so they go to the the meat malt shop, don't the they? Malt is the next one's the date at the malt shop where everyone shows up with everyone, and Frenchie, Frenchie has her weird hallucination. Is that next? I think so. God damn it, we need a fucking... We just watched the movie, and we don't know how it goes. I should... I, I think they're at the malt shop. They might be. You're just questioning me. I'm questioning my memory. I don't have good memory. The drive-in's not till after the dance, so it's not that long. Danny meets Sandy at the Frosty Palace and tries to apologize for his actions. Yeah, it was the one with the... Oh, yeah, I skipped I skipped over the that part to get to the fucking... I didn't even know that the jock's name is Tom Chisholm. Yes! That's a terrible name. Uh, shout out to Tom. So they're at the jukebox, and he's it's yeah, the laugh, the, James. The ah, <laughs> ah, and not even that. I wish he did that. <laughs> it's more like uh, 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 uh. no, because that's like funny because that's like a Muppet. That's what he said. No, it's that's just John not Travolta doing it. No, because he goes ha ha ha. <laughs> Listen, the semantics about the way that he does his forced laugh is unimportant. Danny reconciles with Sandy after he's running around the track and he does some hurdles and he falls down and she goes, Danny, no, and goes to help him. I will say continuity that I do like every time Danny falls down or goes down to the ground, which is a lot of times in this movie, uh, he comes up dirty because the ground is dirty. And that's what happens when you go down on the ground. You get dirty. Uh, And then he comes up and he's got dirt on him and stuff. Just a nice little point of continuity. Danny and Sandy are back together. Hooray! Let's go to the malt shop. So they go to the malt shop. They're like their first official date since right. the beach. And and they... <laughs> he wants to go to the malt shop so that they won't be around their friends so he can't ruin his tough guy image because, you know, tough guys only fuck. They don't date. Holy shit. That was a sentence you said out loud. I can't stand this fucking movie, dude. I, what a terrible goddamn movie. Tough guys only fuck. They don't date. Remember, kids, you want to be a tough guy? Only fuck. I think it's more just like you can't be like a guy that's like actually sick. You can't feel things. Yeah. You only fuck. You just gotta walk, like, treat women like they're property. I think that's what they're saying. <laughs> the amount of times I saw dudes in this movie put their hands on girls' necks or, like, grab them strongly by the shoulder and move them around is a lot of fucking times. It happens so frequently. Unreal. Unreal. I was always short, so I never did that shit small and people made fun of me for being small and that's the reason you didn't do it no i would never think to do that there you go it would never occur to me in my mostly sheltered youth to grab anyone by the neck regardless of personage why would you do that it's unnecessary if you want someone to come this way ask them to come this way They're a whole person. If they don't want to, they won't. 
if they do want to, they will. It's very simple. People are very simple. You don't need to strong arm someone, regardless of age or gender, to do anything. There's never a reason, unless you like need to like save their life from like a burning vehicle or house or something. Then you might need to like let's go. But but you really shouldn't extreme grab extreme circumstances. You shouldn't grab anybody by the neck. No, under no circumstances should Arms. a person be grabbed by the neck. It's a very fragile place. You know what's not? Torso, shoulders. You know, strong points of the body. If you need to move somebody, go there. Fuck. Anyways, they go to the malt shop because Danny doesn't want to ruin his tough guy image with his homies. And guess who's at the malt shop on dates? All of his tough guy homies. What image are you ruining with your friends who are out here trying to bone? They know you also are trying to bone. What what image are you fucking up here? Yes, America. I will say they're all there trying to bone, but they're still being like their asshole selves. Right, which is attractive to the pink ladies for reasons. And he is like actually sensitive inside. And when that's met, not true. And when he met Sandy, like he was, it's more like he's in love with her and he doesn't want to screw things up with her and he can't be either side of himself with her without fucking things up for himself. So. That's right. He can't be sensitive because reasons. And he can't be Danny Zuko because reasons. So they go in the malt shop and they dip dive to a table, order some food, they're immediately seen by all of their friends. And a crowd grows. Everyone orders a bunch of food. The food shows up at like mock speed. Like lightning fast service in this malt shop. I would love to go to this malt shop and order me a burger and fries and a shake and oh, just see so it good. get there in moments. If I go, I'm going to rant for a second. If I go to the nearest location where I can get a burger, fries, and a shake geographically from my house. You know what that place is? It's a Whataburger. And you know how long I have to wait to get a dog shit ass fucking burger and shake and fries from that location? Minimum wait of 25 minutes regardless of time of day. Incompetent. Get me a malt shop like that one. It's not real. They can't get you that food that fast. They have to cook it. James is visibly shaking on camera. <laughs> this is my second cup of coffee of the podcast. I am heated. So, go to the malt shop. The friends are all there. Blah, 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 blah. Danny's fucking uncomfortable. And then just everyone leaves. In a huff. And people are mad. Oh, also, Rizzo has hickeys. And Kaniki's like, Hey! A hickey from Kaniki! Hey! Yeah. And we actually just found out from our audience on break... That those were real, apparently. That uh, one of the other actors insisted on giving her real hickeys himself. I wonder if she was down. Like it was consenting? Yeah. Like, if she was like... Yes, just come suck on my neck for a little bit, will you? I really want the accuracy in this shot. Come on. 
Hang on, I'm gonna find out who it was. Real quick. Yep, it was Kanicki. Kanicki insisted Fucking on giving him hick giving her the hickeys himself. Creep. That's gross. I hate that. God, hearing shit that happens on old film sets makes me really happy that I was not an actor before like the nineties. And even then, then we have Dan Schneider and shit, so maybe just never, I guess. I was always meant to be in theater. Yeah, anyway, that shit goes down. Uh, everyone's mad at everyone for some reason, so everyone leaves. And then uh, we're left with just Frenchie in the in the malt shop because she has to have a plot. And God damn it, it's the only one that there is, so it's the best one. Uh, she talks to the waitress. It must be a small town because everybody knows everybody. Talks to the waitress. Uh, she also has fucked up her hair on accident in her tinting class and has dyed her hair, oh, the brightest pink. Um, and, you know, she asks about waitressing and getting jobs and stuff, and then she wishes that she had a fairy godmother to tell her what to do, and then has a drug trip where uh, a man, we don't know, sings a song to her about how terrible she is at everything and that she should go back to high school. Uh, and the whole song is just very cruel and mean. And she spends the whole time doe-eyed at this guy. Just mesmerized by this absolutely 40-year-old lounge singer who is crooning about how the only customers she would ever have are hookers and how she is terrible at everything go back to high school how she got a nose job like just insulting oh and the, ba her. the background dancers are also the pink ladies just to you know reinforce that everyone's a fucking asshole uh so that's great and then she wakes up in the morning i guess i don't know dude this shit's so fucking bananas i left a oh no James had the synopsis I, up on his phone. And then I took it down to find out who gave hickeys to who. <laughs> it was a mistake. Oh, I've missed it. Where is it? There it is. Okay, I gotta scroll. Hold on. Um, After Frenchie's drug trip, we go to... The school dance. Uh, yes. I was saying that. Yes. We go to the school dance, which is a nationally broadcast dance competition that happens every year at a high school, a I guess. A random high school. This is such a wild idea. This is the only part of the movie I've never understood. It's just like, they're just like, yeah, Rydell High is hosting it. But like, why this high school in this town that's clearly small enough that all the malt shop owners are watching the graduation? They and announced all the it kids... at the beginning of the movie. What? The principal announces that they're, they have been chosen to host. Yeah, but how do you, why that high school? I don't know, probably picked a name off a list. Might have thrown a dart at a board. Who knows? I was What I was saying is the town's so small, why would you pick this little podunk tiny high school? I don't know. The gym is the size of our house. <laughs> the gym. It's so small. Okay. We live in a small house. Okay. It, it's. I'm just saying the town's small enough that all the malt shop ladies know all the children who are graduating. That's true. They named them. 
They're like, that's, ah, oh, it's, it's sunny. Look, it's sunny. <laughs> so, like, how is no nationally broadcast dance competition is going to this high school in a town that small is what I was trying to get across. The whole movie is unrealistic and terrible, and you're getting hung up on the fact that the competition landed there randomly? Yes. Not the burning effigy at the pep rally? Yes. Not the bowling finger move? Yes. Holy shit. It's bothered me my entire oh, life. Oh, that's what's bothered you. Okay. Yes. All right. So we go to the dance. Rizzo's mad at Kaniki because they had a spat. Uh, so Rizzo decides that she wants to go to the dance uh, with the guy who called her a cheap whore. To get back at To Kaniki. get back at Kaniki. Uh, that's a, that's an idea. Yeah. I kind of get it. I get wanting to get back at Kaniki. I think you could raise your standards above 75 cent whore. I was within a very not so good relationship for a year because my high school rival had a restraining order against him. So did you did it ever occur to you that maybe she had a restraining order against him for a good reason? Yeah. Did it occur did that thought occur to you after the relationship ended? No. Oh. Jesus Christ. I'm just saying I get it. I don't. <laughs> Apparently realistic high school thoughts. Uh now this has spawned uh the idea in Kaniki to take a 33-year-old to the dance named Cha-Cha Di Gregorio, which is the most movie name ever. Danny Zuko is rough. Cha-Cha Di Gregorio, that's a movie name. Uh, who also fucked Danny at some point. Because everyone's used the dipstick. You know what I'm saying? So, but don't worry, he's not a whore. Men can't be. <laughs> I know one. Maybe three. Men definitely can be. Again, this... The movie's so sexist. <laughs> this movie does not reflect our actual opinions. I need to wrap the movie up so I can rant about all the things that are wrong with it for 10 minutes straight so we can end the episode. Now, dance competition. Everyone's mad at everyone. Everyone's jealous of everyone. Throwaway spots. A bit of pedophilia sprinkled on in there. Uh... Because even though they're seniors and maybe 18, we don't know that. We don't know that. We do know that Vince Fontaine is in his 40s. And he is the local disc jockey? Yeah. Right, because he does the radio show. Yeah. We know he's old. He is a easy middle-aged man. And we know this because we see a shot of him looking at himself in the mirror and he pats the bottom of his chin trying to make what invisible double chin he doesn't have disappear. He's vain, very much, and highly interested in acquiring some high school booty. 
again, when you say it like that, it just sounds- You mean when I say the real thing that happened in the movie? You mean when I say the true things about the movie that you and your family hold so dear to your hearts? This terrible, horrible, no good, very bad movie with bad acting, bad accents, and bad songs? And lots of very morally questionable, all the way to morally degenerate things? You mean that movie and the way I talk about it? Is that what you're talking about? Is that what you're trying to say? Is that it? Did I hit the nail on the head there? Yes. Fabulous! So we do a dance-off. It's fucking weird. And it's just gratuitously sexual. I would... I would equate it to if you tried to do... If you took video cameras into a regular high school dance, put them up high, and just pointed them into the mass of students, all you see is sex happening. Maybe it is, maybe it's simulated. All you see is a myriad of variations of grinding on someone. Maybe there's a train of it. I don't know. I've been to like two high school dances. And that's how it went. The middle pack of students is just a sweaty ball of people touching people. I did not partake because I don't enjoy that sensation. So, this dance was kind of like that, only instead of all of that happening in a clump, it happened all over the everywhere. And for a brief moment, we almost got Vince Fontaine straight up kissing a high schooler on camera. We almost got that. It was real close. Uh, the band was great, though. Was it Johnny Carino and the the uh, the Blood Boilers or something? I don't know. Johnny Johnny somebody in the somethings. I don't know. It, it, they were great. They performed admirably. Um, my kingdom to have a live band at a dance. You know how sick that would be. Holy! I would have had a blast. A free concert, baby. Woo! This episode's gonna go longer than normal. Oh yeah, we're getting into the weeds here, baby. Yeah, because we're not to the end of the movie yet, so it's gonna be a minute. <laughs> We're still at the dance, we have like five, six more sequences to go. Anyways, so then we have betrayal of the highest order for no reason. In the middle of the dance competition, in which most of the student body has been eliminated, and Danny and Sandy are going in. They are feeling the groove. They are performing art, right? Sonny, the portlier of the 35-year-olds, rolls up and just steals Olivia Newton-John. Just steals her off the dance floor. For no reason. He has no motivation to do this. It's not like we saw a plan to prank Danny. It's not like we saw any amount of dialogue in that imaginary background dialogue that America thinks is real. <laughs> Just because I didn't pay attention to it definitely means it didn't happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I almost, I almost kept it together. 
So they steal her away. They just whisk her away to the other side of the dance floor. There is no background dialogue to just like describe the scene. Happening. It just happens for no reason at all. It's like, oh, we have to plot. Get her out of there. <laughs> and so they grab her and take her away. And Cha-Cha is like, I don't want to bone this loser, referring to Kaniki, who is the one of canonically the only characters to bone. And she's like, give me my ex back. Okay. And so she goes over to Danny, who is mostly confused as to why his girlfriend has been yeeted. He's like still out on the dance floor, like kind of dancing, like trying to figure out what's just happened. Now his blood, it's not up here. It's in his arms and legs because he's dancing. <laughs> so he's, he's not, he, the gears, they're not turning. And Cha-Cha, she hasn't been dancing. She got eliminated earlier, uh -huh. but she's back because also earlier, someone lied about what the names of Danny and Sandy were. I think they called him Fred and Ginger, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. That was never explained. Two famous dancers. It was a joke. Fred like Astaire a... and Ginger something? Yeah. Nice. Like a joke, like haha. Oh, that's not good. Um, there's also no payoff for that. So it's like a joke, like haha. What the fuck? <laughs> Losing it. So Cha-Cha comes over and just steals Danny and he doesn't protest at all. He ran away from Cha-Cha earlier in this scene and is now just fine dancing with her. And they proceed to perform an extremely well-rehearsed choreographed dance number. Uh, but you suspend your disbelief because you're still shocked that Sonny would steal Olivia Newton-John and make her go away. And also, what a fragile character. Rue. To get dragged away with no explanation, turn and see your boyfriend confused, then get stolen by his ex, who you are pretty sure is his ex. And you have the audacity to look at that and not ask questions and not protest in any way. You just go <laughs> and storm out in a huff. Bro, grow a whole spine. Dude, no, that's not what real people do. In no way is that a real people thing to do. No way. I cannot suspend my disbelief enough, movie. I can't do it. I cannot believe she's a real person. She is pretend. She is what a man thinks a woman is. She's not real. She doesn't have a spine or a brain. It's confusing. Hey, babe. Uh-huh? I think you found what's been wrong with Hollywood for the past four decades. I've unveiled it all live on YouTube today. It's not knowledge that everybody hasn't already had. God damn it. Somebody help that young woman. Somebody help her. She needs help. She is scripted to be stupid. Help! 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 Are you okay? Help! <laughs> and it's not the movie 
either because I'm pretty sure that happens on Broadway. Help the theater. <laughs> they did it first. Are you good? So Danny and Cha-Cha win. For reasons. It seems like Cha-Cha acts like it was her evil plan all along. Even though she found out Danny was going to be at the dance moments ago. They do a spotlight dance, and now here's where Danny becomes a piece of shit. Because instead of protesting at all, after he's gotten his bearings, he just is like, Oh, well, yeah, I'm fucking cool. And so he does the moonlight dance. At which point, his cronies decide that they are going to act like children for the first time in the movie. And they get in front of the camera and show their ass to the camera. Now, it's okay, everyone in Hollywood. It's okay. These are 30-year-olds. It's acceptable to show a 30-year-old's ass on camera. That's okay. Now, if they were high schoolers, we're really skirting the line. All right? We can't, we can't be showing high school ass and saying gangbang in the same movie. Okay? We can't do that. But don't worry. It's fine. They're 30 years old. So then they go to the uh, Danny uh, off camera after the dance apologizes to his girlfriend on the phone. All right. And she has maybe accepted this because they go on a date where she is frosty and he is dumb uh, and horny. Yes. They go to the drive-in because as everyone knows, the only place you can fuck is in the backseat of a car adjacent to other people in the backseat of a car fucking. I waited until you were drinking to hit that joke. You're an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, but I'm not this bad. So, oh my God, Danny once again commits a sexual assault on camera, or almost does. He almost makes it. I don't and, like the claw scene. Like, oh, it's, that's like where so, he's like trying to get at her boob over her shoulder. It's like the yawn and put your arm around your girl maneuver. Only instead of doing that, he has his arm around her and she's fine with that. And he like breaks all of his fingers to look as predatory as possible to try and cop a feel. Like, dude, 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 dude. At what point in the relationship that you've had with this girl for going on almost a year now, has she ever been cool with you touching her at all? Like, she doesn't like to be touched, for the most part. She likes the hug, and that's like it. They don't even kiss really at all. At what point have you found it cool to do this? The answer, none. Your blood's not in your brain. I know where it is, and everyone in the audience does too. So he goes to, you know, cop a feel, and she goes, ah, and then falls into the pit that is the front seat of this car. And Danny then also falls into the pit that is the front seat of this car, where you will not see him probably grope her, but definitely try to make out with her. And she goes, no, get off me. And he goes, 
and does, which is nice. And then she's mad. And was this, this was after, I apologize. This was after he took off a ring that he has never worn before uh, in a grand gesture to make her his girl, right? It's not like they're getting married or anything. He just wants dibs. Uh, and he also had to use his hair grease. Uh, ha grease, it's in the movie. Uh, to get it off his hand, to give it to her. And also, I don't want a greasy ring. Don't fucking give that to me. That's gross. Fucking don't do that. That's terrible. Why would you do that? Not a fucking brain in his body. So, in this moment, we also have to have a new plot line with other characters. Because... Other characters have to pretend to be in the movie also. Rizzo has skipped a period, and she has to talk about it out loud in the bathroom surrounded by students in the school because everyone at the school went to the drive-in theater that night, and there are 50 people smoking cigarettes in this bathroom. The whole thing is smoke. No one's going to the bathroom. No one's washing hands or doing any actual bathroom activities. They're hotboxing the bathroom with tobacco, which is not what you want to hotbox with. So this happens, and she tells Marty this. Now, Marty, a liar. (laughs) (laughs) That's her character trait. She's horny for older men, and she's a liar. She tells Marty this and goes, Marty, you're not going to tell anybody about this, right? You're not going to do that. You wouldn't do that to me, your friend. You wouldn't hurt me in this way. And Marty goes, no, no, never in the room full of people. In the room full of people who definitely go to the school with her and know who Rizzo is. Uh, And Marty's loudly proclaimed that she, are you peachy? Pregnant? Progurganant? You know? And they leave the bathroom, and Marty goes, no, no, I'd never tell a soul. And immediately, their way is blocked, and she goes, move it, move it, baby on board! Like, holy shit, dude. Fucking Rizzo, pick your friends better. She actually says, lady with a baby coming through. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Rizzo does not react to this, other than to, like, kind of roll her eyes. Like, I don't know what you thought was going to happen when you told Marty this, if that was the reaction you gave when she totally violated your trust just now. Uh, And you do see the best shot in the movie, okay? The camera pans along the cars in the drive-in. In the background, you see Rizzo walk. And in the foreground, you watch telephone happen as news of Rizzo's imminent baby, who may or may not be real, travels along everyone because Marty tells Sonny who has his five o'clock shadow and then Sonny tells everyone. I just have to tell you Mm -hmm. that this is how news travels at my job. Like right now, this is highly accurate to like gossip. People just wander about the campus and talk. So what generally happens is some the something will occur to the person. Um, it goes in a team's message. No, the person smart keep the, it off the. So, someone observes like she, they tell them, or someone observes, and it just like immediately you go to like your friend in a different classroom and be like, oh my gosh, you won't believe what just happened, <laughs> and then that person 
is like teamsing their other friend in a different High classroom. High school never ends. Like, da, 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 like this has just happened. And then like by the time, and I know because I've been the one to give the news before. And by the time like you go back to even like just sit down and get back to what you're doing, someone's coming up and being like, did you hear the blah, blah, blah? And you're like, like, holy shit, it circled back real fast. I was like, but I'm the one that said that. <laughs> so it is accurate gossip nature that that would be exactly how that went down. So, Rizzo manages to make it to the same car Kaniki is lighting his cigarette at. Uh, by the way, what fucking lighters were these in the 50s where it was just a small bonfire <laughs> in front of your face? Because every time Kaniki lights a cigarette, it's with a lighter that is also a flamethrower. And it's like the biggest fucking fire in front of his face. Like, I'm not, I like fire, but I would not light a cigarette in my mouth with a small flamethrower. Just a horrible, horrible way Especially to go Especially not it. with that much hair product in. True. His head is flammable. Now, she makes it to this point. Kaniki hears Rizzo's pregnant, and he goes, well, there she is. Let's talk about this now. Uh, because he assumes it's his. Because apparently, in the back of that shitty car on Makeout Point, they did do the nasty. So... He confronts her about it and is like, I I want to take care of my mistakes. I don't run from my mistakes, which is like trying to be a stand-up guy, I guess. Maybe one redeeming feature about Kaniki. Uh, and then Rizzo goes, hey, fuck you. It's not your mistake. And he goes, ooh, mama. And she fucks off. And he's just sad. Uh... Now, there's the sexual assault on Sandy. There we Sandy go. Sandy come all the way back around. Runs away in a huff, as one is supposed to do when they get assaulted by their boyfriend. And Danny laments his bad luck at getting laid in a song where he complains about being sad and alone. And no one shed a tear for the degenerate douchebag. Not one soul felt an ounce of empathy for that piece of shit. How is he the main character? What a morally bankrupt movie. What a morally bankrupt show. I, I've realized as we've continued on this long, the longest podcast episode we've ever recorded that... um, This I, can't be the longest one. I've run out of arguments at this point to try to You save can't redeem this them. Movie and I They're just bad people. It is a movie about bad people and no one gets redemption at the end. I, I see this now. You do? You figure it out? Yeah. Great. Now let's do the car race. Okay. In a moment where we panic about gay, Kaniki has a soul, briefly. And he wants Danny to be his second in the race. What that means, no one knows. But it means something to Danny at some emotional level. Because they go like, ah, yeah, 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 it's like pretend to fight, and then they get big hug, and then they go, um, right, anyway, 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 we gotta be cool, and they're like, combing their hair and shit. <laughs> Really, man, 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 man. 
I'm gonna die. It's just it's just Tim Allen going, you know? But it's two of them. And it's so funny because they do the hug and it's like, oh man, genuine human connection. And then they go, oh no, that's some gay shit. And Kaniki goes back to his car where the rest of the T-Birds are standing around and they're going like, was that some gay shit just there? And he's like, hey, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Fuck off. Get away from my car, you fucking assholes. And Danny like skirts off to go do like athlete shit uh, or something. I don't know. He just fucks off. Danny's not a real character. I'm not going to live through this podcast. This is maybe my best oh work. Oh my God. This is maybe my best work, okay? This is going to be a fucking baller of an episode. We're going to get, we might get ads in the podcast world off this shit. So they go to the Los Angeles River, which is a stream in a ditch. And that's real life. So now you know where the movie is. Rydell High is in Los Angeles. So they go to the river and uh, the shop teacher comes with and we find out, oh, we're racing for pinks. Apparently. So the, the fucking Scorpion King is back with Cha-Cha, you know, for reasons. And... They're going to race the two cars, Grease Lightning versus the car that catches fire every time it drives. Uh, And you know, I mean, it's telegraphed. They're not going to fucking lose the race. They're just not. There's no way they lose this race, right? It can't happen. They're the protagonists, I think. They can't lose. So they're futzing about with the car, and they're going to race for pinks, and Kaniki hears about this, and Danny takes major offense for some reason. He's he's like, all right, well, we're going to fucking brawl right here, right now. Like instantaneously. He's like, this is what being a second is, is you hear news and you start a fight. What the fuck, dude? What is, are any of these people real people? Like, is that just a thing? Did you just get in brawls if your buddy had a conversation and you were like, man, fuck that. I'm going to need the boomers to weigh in here. I'm going to need the people who were in high school in the 50s. Like, holy shit, man. Fucking get in the comments, all right? I need to know what the fuck was going on. So they're going to race for car ownership, and the shop teacher is fine with this. For reasons. Once again, she's a bad motherfucker, okay? I love her. She became my new favorite character She in might movie. be. Frenchie is a redeemable character. The other ones... Aren't. So they go to do the race and oh, I skipped over Rizzo's sad song about herself being a whore. No one gives a fuck. Uh, and no one cared. So- <laughs> it is the worst scene in the entire What? Why movie. is it included? It doesn't fit. It's the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, you know what? The the Royal Caribbean show might have actually been better. Uh there's more gratuitous sexual jokes in it, but it might have been better. Um, so they go to do the race and Kaniki is like, like brushing something off on the bottom of the car and dumbass opens the car door directly into the top of his fucking skull and he falls over completely unconscious. And I was like, wow, that's contrived to get Danny in the driver's seat. Holy shit. And so 
He sits up a little bit later and he's very obviously concussed. He's talking, he's laughing like he's high and there's two of Danny. And so they go, okay, well, you clearly can't drive. So Danny's going to race the car. And Danny becomes like the stoic hero of the day. He doesn't say shit. He doesn't speak to anybody. He doesn't do or say anything. He's like, fuck all of you. I'm getting in the car. I'm going to do this thing. And he gets in the car. They explain the race. One, there are no rules, which is a paradox. Two, the only rule is you have to go over there and then come back. And that's the race. And those are the rules. But don't forget, there are no rules. God damn this fucking script. So they go to do the race. And now captain of the Scorpion Mobile has installed uh, tinfoil spikes on his car. Uh, on the wheels with which he will use to put a giant fucking gash in the car he's trying to beat so he can own. Not a brain cell in this fucking guy, okay? Not one. It's also how you know he's not gonna win the race. So they race. Danny's doing great. He beats him by a fucking country mile because once again, there are no rules, so the track doesn't matter. And Danny goes over a jump, completely totals the car, okay? You watch it in slow motion, all of the front of the car gets fucked up on the landing to this jump. Because it's a jump on a car from the 50s, and the engine weighs 45,000 pounds. And there's no weight anywhere else in the car. So as soon as it goes up, it comes straight down. And for some reason, this also destroys the Scorpion King's car as he skids out and just stops driving. And he's like, man, fuck. And Danny wins the race. And he turns around and he looks at that guy and he gives him a shit-eating grin. Like, man, you suck ass. So now Kanicki owns both cars, I guess. And now off in the distance, we have seen Sandra D sitting with no shoes on, I guess, watching the race. And it comes to her in this moment that she is unhappy. And the only way to be happy is if she changes her entire persona to be a pink lady. Yep. Because that is how you're going to win the heart of Daniel Zuko. I think it's more like just fitting in. Like, cause she wants to be, she wants to have the pink ladies as her friends. Okay. And like, be part of that group. So she just wants to fit in. I, it, I don't think it necessarily has to be all about Danny. No. Because she asks Frenchie, who is her friend, to help her get a look that she specifically uses for Danny. It's not for Rizzo, who's there, who doesn't always wear black. It's not for the other pink ladies who assist in the transformation. They're already friends. They didn't do anything to deserve that, but they're already friends. She transforms her entire look into a weird, almost goth bombshell. With the tightest leather pants at the carnival, 
after graduation, where Danny has also committed to the bit to change his persona to get the girl. At the risk of losing his friends, which he kinda does. Because he doesn't have more than a brain cell. He shows up to the carnival in his Leatherman jacket, and his boys make fun of him for it. And he goes, hey, fuck you. I did this for the girl. And they go, choosing the girl over us? What is this? Equality? Fuck you. And he goes, yeah, fuck you. You could almost say it's a redeeming character trait. Except then, he reverts, and he gets excited about the girl who changed for him because she's in all black, and her titties is out, and her ass is nice, and she looks dangerous. And she says, tell me about it, stud. Holy shit! What a boner he has now. And so they have to sing a love song as they dance about the carnival. And you know what he loses? His transformative jacket. Immediately. Yep. He shucks that shit so fast, he graduated. He doesn't have to be an athlete anymore. He tosses the only part of him that changed for the girl in the whole movie. It could have been an almost positive message about becoming the thing that is going to help you two get together. Together. Mutual change for the benefit of each other could definitely have been an almost positive message in this movie. But instead, we say, fuck it. Fuck the change of the man. Dive deep into you being a whole other person than you are right now, because we're gonna fuck, and it's gonna be great. And you know what? What morally bankrupt morals have we unveiled now? Oh, it's the same ones. It's just Hollywood sexism rails again. I've had several things that I've wanted to say in response to most of this tangent, um, but you didn't give a damn breath in there, so we can just go on. Fabulous. So we do our little dance, we sing our little song, we get in the Scorpion King's car, but with a new paint job, and it's the paint job from the weird dream sequence that the T-Birds had in the garage, uh, because nothing is real and everything is made up. And Danny gets in the car, and Sandy gets in the car, while the whole fair is singing the song. Oh, also, Rizzo's not pregnant, but no one cares. And the car flies off into the clouds, and I, I cannot stress this enough, the movie asks you to suspend your disbelief on more than one occasion. And every time it asks you to, you simply can't because the ask is too high. You can't suspend your disbelief that hard. And at the climactic moment in the movie, instead of a shot where the car drives off down the road and you helicopter away from the car and you pan up into the clouds and you get the clouds, you all the way fly the car. The normal car that drives on the ground into the sky to end the movie. And then we hit the yearbook credits. What the fuck 
is this movie? It's been like 20 years. Uh-huh. And I still don't understand the ending to this movie. I would love to find the guys who did the screenplay, not the not the guys who wrote the play, because those guys are clearly morally bankrupt. I've said that phrase a lot tonight, and I mean it. I want to know who did the screenplay and was like, at the end of the movie, what we're going to do is we're going to have them fly into the clouds. And then his writing team was like, aren't they in a car? And he went, they're going to fly into the clouds. And if they don't fly into the clouds, I'm going to rip your fucking balls off. And they went, all right, they're going to fly into the clouds. Jeez. As everyone gets nuts off the nose dust in the writer's room in Hollywood in 1976. The final shot is flying into the clouds in a car. At the end of the day, the movie gets from me a 3.5 out of 10. Go before I hit the final. No, I just need to ask, what did you hate more? Because this is, this is probably the longest you've ever gone. But okay. I know there's a t other top contender. Mm -hmm. Which one did you hate more, Greece or the Titanic? Greece. I'd watch the Titanic again and suffer through the atrocity that is that movie. I will not watch this disgusting movie another time. I will die of old age, not having watched this movie another time. This is important information because I know we have a listener who will be very intrigued to know that. Which one? The, our main listener to our podcast. Oh my God, yes. I cannot wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him. Th this movie is like if the premise for High School Musical was good, and the execution was a coke binge of sexual violence and overall degeneracy. I, I, I cannot express how awful everything that happens in the movie is. Everyone's morals are thrown to the wayside. Everyone is toxically masculine. Everyone is monstrous to women. All the women are monstrous to men, which is, you know, if you're getting it, give it, I guess. Fuck. More than one time, women are touched when they do not want to be. On camera. Like, this was a pinnacle movie when it came out. This is a movie that is lauded as a classic of cinema and has been considered one of the best musicals of all time. And it is awful. Front to back, bad. Execution style level, it's fine. It's a movie. The camera guy knew how to do his job except for in one scene. The sound wasn't terrible. The coloration was nice. It, it's fine to look at. Okay? It's fine to look at. 
the story isn't there. There isn't one. The plot is a shambles. The characters are not redeemable, except Frenchie, who is a good person at heart. This is atrocious. And I really did think I wouldn't have enough to say about it. 